Hi, readers. Welcome to Books Connect Us from Penguin Random House. This is a podcast about staying connected with each other and the stories and authors who inspire us. Allie Hazelwood is the New York Times bestselling author of The Love Hypothesis, as well as the writer of peer-reviewed articles about brain science in which no one makes out and the ever after is not always happy. Her new romance novel, Love on the Brain, revolves around a scientist who is forced to work on a project with her nemesis with explosive results. I was so excited to chat with Allie myself. She was so much fun. So now here's my conversation with author Allie Hazelwood. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. So you started within kind of like the fan fiction universe. So I'd love to hear kind of pre the love hypothesis, sort of like what was your relationship to fan fiction and and writing it and consuming it? So I actually found fan fiction, uh, I think around 2017, 16, 17, um, uh, I was in my last year of grad school and I was just generally very sad <laughs> and miserable. I didn't really have any hobbies. I was writing my dissertation and, uh, um, basically what happened was that I went to the movies to watch one of the Star Trek, uh, reboot movies. And, uh, um, I had always been a Star Trek fan, but it had kind of waned in the, um, in the years because of, you know, school and work and, uh, you know, being an adult, I guess. <laughs> and um, I kind of had like lost track of how much I liked certain types of media. And uh, um, yeah, and then I went to watch that movie and I was like, I love this universe. So I started like consuming every single little piece of like Star Trek um, you know, books and comics that I could find. And then I was like, okay, now I need fan fiction. <laughs> and <laughs> now I need to like read about these characters having sex. <laughs> That's that was where I was at. <laughs> yeah. And only fan fiction could give that to me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's that's when I started reading it. And then a few months later, I was like, you know, I have some ideas of, of my own. Um, and I started actually writing it a little bit. So um, yeah, and then for the following, I want to say, two, three years, I was mostly I was even like, forgetting to read romance, uh, because I was so obsessed with fan fiction. And, you know, I cycled through different fandoms. As I, you know, watched something, I would wonder, oh, I wonder if there is like a fic about that, <laughs> about those characters. <laughs> and so <laughs> that was my thing. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like with fan fiction, there always is, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that is fun is that they do pick up on sort of even like very slight things Mm because I I haven't been in like fan fiction forums like recently, but I remember Mm -hmm. when I was like a teenager. Did you ever see the movie Newsies? No, I haven't. It was very formative for millennial women but it's based it's all about like newspaper sellers and they're all 14 and one of them is christian bale and they sing and dance so it is like so incredibly ripe for fan fiction wait is that like a 14 year old christian bale christian bale yeah he was like 17 or 18 at the time like he was like a teenager i didn't know he was a child actor like i (laughs) 
my god, I, I want to know everything. I am gonna have to watch this movie. I am gonna have okay. to watch this movie. Get ready, and then there is just and then you'll just be consumed under the mountain of fan fiction that exists for every aspect of newsy. I am excited. <laughs> I'm so happy that or excited that I was able to tell somebody new about Newsies because it's uh, it, it, it's one of those cult movies that I think if you find it, everybody only found it because somebody like handed it to them. Oh, like, yeah. There's, <laughs> it, that's it. I feel it. initiated now. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But you mentioned that you had sort of forgotten to read romance. So I'd love to hear kind of like what got you reading romance and sort of like what was your your journey to romance? Um, well, so I was reading romance, I think, my entire life. I, I think I started yeah. with like, you know, the, your usual like Meals and Bones slash Harley Quinn silhouette desire i don't even know like you know that there are all those categories and like uh, yeah, yeah. you know there's the like doctors and nurses and then there are the ones that are a little bit spicier and then the ones that are i don't know like uh, there are a bunch and uh, um there were like a ton of those uh, around my house because uh so my grandma would buy them i think and then my sister would borrow them <laughs> and i my sister was she's quite quite older than I am um she's like about 15 years older than I am but um so I really I definitely was way too young to read those books <laughs> but um I remember picking up the first one because the name of the characters were Ross and Rachel <laughs> and at the time like unintentionally <laughs> I don't think so I think that mm -hmm. was like a very old uh like it, it felt old when I was reading it and it was like the early 2000 or something. Mm -hmm. So it, I think that was like already 10 years old back then. And uh, um, the characters' names were Ross and Rachel and I was watching Friends at the time. So that's when I picked up my first romance novel. And then I was like, I am only ever going to read romance novels from this day on. And uh, it was beautiful. And... <laughs> Um, I think what happened to me was that um, I kept reading, like, I never stopped reading romance novels through school, um, mm -hmm. but maybe I just didn't, either I didn't have time or maybe in college, like, I was more focused on, like, social things, kind of like I wanted to, you know, I, I was always kind of socially awkward, but maybe I had, like, I, I think I think I felt like I had to go out and have friends. I don't even know. But um, I, I, I remember, like, uh, trying to make an effort to be, like, I don't know, social and, like, I don't even know. But I, I, I know that I didn't read a lot during college. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I remember reading a lot. Like, when I was, uh, I did part of my master's degree in Germany. And I remember that that year, I just, I remember discovering a bunch of uh, different books that, because again, I didn't speak the language. I didn't know very many people. Like I remember, I remember being uh, during a master's degree, being there and reading Slammed by Colleen Hoover. And uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Like and now Colleen Hoover is, you know, like she is yeah, Colleen yeah, yeah. Hoover. <laughs> I think it was her first book or, or, or one of the first ones. And uh, yeah, so I remember that year I was reading a lot. And then, yeah, it was basically like uh, kind of ebbing and flowing um, based on how much time I had and, uh, you know, whether, you know, yeah, what was going on in my life uh, for a few years. 
Yeah, but it was kind of a constant there that you could go back mm-hmm. to. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. And what were the ones sort of as you got into romance after Ross and Rachel, like <laughs> <laughs> that you would sort of like seek yeah. out? Like, were you into mm-hmm. like contemporaries or historical? Because I know a lot of people, or it seems to be that a lot of people don't always like read the trope or sort of like, uh, I don't know what to call it, like aspect that they write, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I definitely was into historicals. My favorite, mm-hmm. uh, I remember, um, like my, my favorite was Sherry Thomas. Like Sherry mm-hmm. Thomas is just like amazing. I, I loved everything about like the prose. I loved the stories. I loved the type of main character. She wrote like these main characters that were very into science. Uh, so many of our characters had like very specific interests or set of skills. And I just I adored everything by her. So I saw everything. Uh, um, by her, um, Lisa Claypas, uh, I loved her as well. Um, I remember, I don't know if she, I don't know that she's still publishing, but like, I remember there was, uh, I was obsessed with Shannon McKenna. She had this mm-hmm. like uh, romantic suspense series and like, uh, um, yeah, it was, I, I, I was obsessed with her. She was like mm-hmm. one of my favorite ever. I feel like, uh, Christina Lauren, well, they were also some of the ones that I would read so much of them, but I feel like they came a little bit later um, in yeah. the in the following years. I read a lot of like indies as well. Uh, I, I definitely liked, uh, liked and gravitated toward like senior stuff. Uh, so, you know, in indie books and like Kindle Unlimited books uh, definitely have uh, mm-hmm. a lot of that. Oh, of course, Nalini Singh, Nalini Singh, like at the side changeling, I waited like with bathed breath uh, for like <laughs> so many installments of that series like my favorite two of my favorite my most anticipated books ever were in that series um mm-hmm. so yeah there was a variety of it I think uh, I I am more drawn to like certain styles of writing than tropes necessarily mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting yeah you were such a romance fan for for a while and then you have you know your sort of day job is very like scientific and and specific and um not sort of romance based unfortunately or maybe I guess <laughs> if, if I I don't know much about it but um you know and and it seems like you made the leap into to writing professionally like fairly recently and um, what made you take that kind of step into writing romance as opposed to just consuming it? Mm-hmm. So I actually was really, really lucky and really privileged because what happened was that my agent kind of found me um, mm-hmm. from the fan fiction. Like I was, you know, writing fan fiction and posting it a lot on on the internet and my agent kind of uh, was reading it because uh, she also like likes this, the same kind of things that I like and I had written, um, I had been thinking about maybe taking some of my most popular fan fictions and uh, kind of adapting them uh, into something original, maybe reworking them. But uh, I wasn't really sure, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure how to do it. I wasn't sure whether I wanted to do it. But I had written a note on my fan fiction saying, uh, um, if you like this, please download it because I might pull it to rework it. This is just an FYI, like just in case you don't end up. I just didn't want people to kind of end up 
you know, looking for it and not finding it mm-hmm. because it has happened to me in the past and I know how heartbreaking yeah. it is. <laughs> and uh, um, my agent saw that note and uh, she was like, you know, I like the way you write and uh, I would be happy to like help you with that. And um, yeah, so I got really, really lucky in that, in that sense. Um, um, and then, you know, the, the original writing and the journey from, you know, fake writing to writing uh, original stuff came. And how has it been sort of, you know, as being a, like a romance reader to now having romance readers, you know what I mean? To sort of like that switch, how have you enjoyed that aspect? Um, I mean, it's definitely super cool. Like, um, that, you know, people are, are reading the stuff that I'm writing. Um, it's such a, it's such a privilege and an honor because, um, I know how valuable time is and just the fact mm-hmm. that people are, you know, spending time to read my stuff uh, is, uh, I really feel honored. There, there are parts of it that are a little bit hard. You know, it's, it's, you're putting your stuff out there and it comes with a lot of, um, you know, fear of, you know, judgment and uh, um, just generally, I don't know. I'm, I am, I have a lot of insecurities, uh, so I definitely like keep second guessing myself and be like, oh no, I made a mistake. <laughs> I shouldn't have done this, uh, that I should have rewritten the book in another way. Um, so there is definitely a lot of that. And so like it's 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 kind of like a nerve-wracking experience for an anxious person, but it's also such a gift uh, and an honor and a privilege to know that there is someone who's spending time reading something that I wrote. And then there are people, you know, who support me and uh, um, just like send me cute messages and tell me that, you know, what I wrote meant something to them. And it's just very, very, um, I guess, uh, meaningful to me. And uh, and it, it, I'm super happy about it. Yeah. No, it's wonderful. And you uh, mentioned Colleen Hoover. And I think, you know, sort of how Colleen Hoover became Colleen Hoover has been through like book talk and I think the love hypothesis also got that level of like a lot of attention on book talk too how has that been because that's kind of like such a new experience like a new phenomenon that I think not a ton of authors have had yeah yeah totally like I um I kind of didn't really have the normal author experience so I didn't really have uh, uh like you know three or four books out and then uh, I had like a big breakout book uh, so I feel like it was all very sudden for me mm-hmm. and I, I kind of don't really have a baseline because my only experience has been with right. the book talk thing. It's definitely like, um, it's amazing. Book talk is fantastic. I love the way they review things. I love the way they talk about books. Uh, um, I, I just, uh, it's, it's really fantastic. Um, and uh, uh, it's another thing that I feel really grateful for, but it's also something that, um, I'm trying not to think too much about because it's something that I have no control over. Um, uh, I'm sure that like, you know, I, I, I'm sure there are a lot of people who like the love hypothesis. I'm not going to like my second and third book and maybe vice versa. So like, it's, I try to be very grateful, but also to kind of stay out of it a little bit. Um, because otherwise I will try to control something that cannot be controlled or harnessed or anything like that you know 
No, I think that's great. And it's a good perspective. And you're right that, yeah, kind of, it is amazing that this is your first kind of book out the gate and and to get this amount of response and, and people really do love it so much. So it's, yeah, it's really wonderful. Um, how was it then to sit down to write Love on the Brain? You know, after having kind of like this much success was, did, did, and you mentioned, you, you know, you're kind of an anxious person, like, was it a very different writing experience for you? Um, I actually had already written Love on the Brain before the Love Hypothesis was even bought. Oh, because I, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I was writing it like, um, because the Love Hypothesis was on sub for a long, long time. It just wasn't mm-hmm. selling. And so uh, my agent was like, let's just, you know, this is probably not going to work out. Let's just write something else. And again, the fact that I'm so anxious was definitely like, you know, it was hard, but um, I, I do feel like my level of anxiety in writing has rate, like has, has uh, publishing just because, you know, before you learn not to read reviews or, uh, or not to like go online and know anything, you kind of like start having a lot of voices in, like you, you do, you read the reviews and there are a lot of voices in your head and like um so for me the hard the really really hard book to write was my my third one uh because Mm -hmm. that was like the book that I was writing after my 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 debut came out and then I was like um everyone will know that I'm a fraud (laughs) um I I hope that you'll get easier I mean I'm what I'm hoping for is that like as time goes on it would be more like every book is just a new book and uh, um yeah and I it would be less like nerve-wracking or something like that yeah I hope so too <laughs> I mean it's all unfounded though but it's all like just the stories that we tell ourselves too yeah. because it doesn't you know what I mean it, it, it doesn't have any um relationship with reality but that's kind of the nature of anxiety and yeah exactly yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Were there any transferable skills between kind of what you had been doing and and sort of science and romance? I think so. Just generally the idea of like, you know, having to write it even when you don't want to or like kind of like that feeling of staring at the blank document and having to make yourself write either the paper or the book. I do think that like it made sense I think academia kind of taught me in a way to like deal with those feelings and situations. And uh, that was, I, I do feel like it was transferable um, in a way. And and just generally like um, there are a lot of emails, for example, that have been publishing <laughs> <laughs> a lot of emails that are like a lot of uh, teamwork um, that I do think academia kind of prepared me for. So obviously the love hypothesis sort of started, you had these kind of like archetypes of characters because mm-hmm. it came from fan fiction. But with B and Levi, they're completely new. What was that process? Was that process like a little bit different? Like did they, authors talk about like characters talking to them or sort of how did that yeah, um, come about? I think there is a little bit of that. I wouldn't say that the characters talk to me or anything, <laughs> but uh, I wish, but... Uh, I think what I was trying to do was basically taking characters that I had liked before and dynamics that I had liked before and like kind of going from there. I definitely started from the archetype there too. So I wanted to people who were kind of opposites and to people who 
didn't like each other or thought they didn't like each other uh to people who kind of had had like things that happened to them in the past that like had set them apart and then I think the characters kind of came from that you know I am not a super plotter like just the, the the virtue of publishing is that you have to you know have an outline that you give your um editor and your agent and that the, they have approved have, they have to approve so there was some of that happening uh but I usually like then kind of come up with stuff as I write um so I, I think in that sense there is like a a pencer element that maybe comes from I wouldn't say the characters talking to me necessarily but maybe <laughs> maybe the characters like um you know kind of developing uh, and uh you know kind of growing a personality as uh, as the book goes on who are your like top heroes and heroines that you kind of like go back to yeah I was actually thinking about Lisa Kleypas uh, um she has uh she has a main character in uh so the Travis trilogy um she has uh, uh, the the third book, uh, which is her contemporaries, which I know is I know she's like more famous for her historicals, but like uh, she has a character, a, a heroine in uh, um, in her third book, uh, uh, Ella, who is just like I just love her. I just love her so much. Um, I remember reading her and thinking. I want to be your friend. Like I, <laughs> I, I love you, and I want to be your friend. Let's be friends. I like. I, I was. I was thinking about Sherry Thomas and her. She has very particular um, heroines. I am thinking about the one in Not Quite a Husband, the one in Luckiest Lady in London, and um, the one in He's at Night. Um, so I like the one in Not Quite a Husband because. Uh, she is a doctor, a female doctor back when it wasn't a thing. And she just decides that that's what she wants. That's what she's going to be. And um, I love how like her stubbornness in becoming a doctor is like not even the main part of her character. I don't know. It's uh, it's something that I, I I just love the way she's so fully flashed in my head um her name is Bryony I think um and then uh, she has two main characters uh, um the one in uh, um I don't recall their names but uh, one is in the luckiest lady in London and the other one is in his at night and their main trait is that they hide what they are from people uh because they need to basically they feel like they are not going to be able to obtain what they want or to get to the point where they need to be at to help the people around them uh, unless they hide who they are and what their personality is from others. And that was something that always spoke to me for some reason. I just, uh, I don't know. Um, I think there was something in me that really, um, it really resonated this idea of like people kind of shaping themselves uh, in different way and being able to do that. Um, so those were like, definitely, I don't know. I was so in love with those characters and I read these books all the time to just like get inspiration and uh, they are definitely, definite comfort reads for me. 
for my heroes, uh, definitely like Lisa Claypas. Uh, I would say Winterborn is my favorite of her heroes. He's just like, oh God. And then the other one. <laughs> what's the- he, He's just, oh God. <laughs> he's amazing. Yeah. He has, which who is also like kind of a similar, but like a little bit softer hero. Um, okay. He is Winnie's hero. What's his name? Uh, is his name Maripan? Uh, oh, 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 Maripan. Yeah, yeah Maripan. It the, the, the second book in that series. I don't remember. Yeah. I'm so bad. And he's also That's, like... That's uh, Sunset? I Yeah. I Seduce Me at Sunrise. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah. so bad with titles and names, <laughs> but he's the one. Like, they're just really, really pining, and they're really, really into... Like, they literally will do, would do whatever for, like, these ladies that they love, and I just love that. I love them so much. (laughs) It's something that you sort of talked about when you talked about the heroine part to it, which I think is true, is that not to presume so much, uh, too much about you, but like that there is an aspect of romance of, of trying to find characters that possess these qualities that maybe one doesn't love about themselves and it's a way to kind of reinforce this idea of like no I am lovable because they are lovable therefore like I am also lovable despite this like imagined fault that I must have or or thing that I have to overcome um I think it's also just about like dynamics uh, in relationships that uh personally like there are certain dynamics that I find very attractive uh, um, I like the way certain heroines kind of like play off of their love interest and vice versa. And like the fact that, you know, the heroine is made better by the love interest and the love interest is made better by uh, by the heroine. Um, yeah, I, I think there's some of that for me. So you have obviously conquered a few tropes in, you know, in... in- your two books so far um, that are out, mm-hmm. um, you know, like workplace and enemies to lovers and things like that. What are the tropes that you kind of like love the most? Um, I definitely uh, want to like, I, I have been a lot into like paranormal romance. I would really like uh, to write some kind of like faded mates uh, romance. Uh, um, if, I'm able to make it work. I really like uh, kind of like enemies uh, who enemies with benefits as a trope. Um, and uh, uh, wait, what's enemies with benefits? So, like, Is that like they hate each other, but they just hook up sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I actually That's fantastic. Have, yeah, I have like one of my favorite books with that trope is like Fire Oceans. Um, uh, the hookup plan, and then uh, Do You Take This Band by Denise Williams excellent um it's so good and uh, um yeah uh so th- there are uh I definitely love that trope I also like second chance romance like I especially like what I call the Jim and Pam trope which is they were friends and they were on the verge of something else but something happened and uh, it didn't work out but mm-hmm. they are going to you know, meet again and things are different, uh, something like that. So, yeah, I have a bunch of tropes that I love and that I hope one day to write about. 
And then all of us have like tropes that we don't like love as much. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing about those tropes too, it's like in the hands of a really talented author, it doesn't matter. And so you're like, even though I hate like second chance romance, but here's one that's really done Mm -hmm. well or like kind of whatever it is. Do you, does anything come to mind for you for those? I mean, definitely I would say friends to lovers is just not uh, something that I would have thought I would enjoy, but I have uh, read so many that I've loved recently like I've mm-hmm. read you know Alison Ashley's Would You Rather and then Sarah Grunder Ruiz's um uh Lack and Lost Resorts uh, and then um what else oh yeah and um of course Emily Henry People Who Need on Vacation uh that it's, it's something I think up until like a while ago I thought that Friends to Lovers was just a trope that I didn't love mm-hmm and but no, I I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I I just needed to be shown, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, is there a trope that you just like see and you're like, ah, oh, no, never mind. Actually, keep moving. There is like there is really nothing that I can think. Like for example, I remember when like the kiss quotient when I I first heard of the kiss kiss quotient, like it was you know sex worker hero. I remember thinking, I'm not going to like this. And it's one of my favorite books that I've ever read. Like, I I would literally, I, I, I've read it so many times. I consider it, like, a masterpiece of the genre, personally. I mean, I, I think probably everyone does. But, like, even in my heart, it's, like, a, a huge masterpiece that I, I like, I think about it all the time. <laughs> um, so, really, like, I, I really cannot think, uh, like, whatever, for example, Helen Hong writes ever, I'm just going to pick it up. Even if it's a trope that I I think, nah, not for me, I know I'm going to like it. So, I think there's nothing at this point that I would <laughs> not read. I mean, I guess, you know, the usual, you know, not a trope I mean there are certain things like bigoted bigoted or you know like oh yeah things that I I would stay away from but like aside from that uh like when it comes to like a trope I I can't imagine (laughs) saying no if one of my favorite writes (laughs) so what are you reading what have you read most recently that you really loved other than obviously Heartbreaker which we all read and we all loved um, I am currently reading uh, The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. Um, I, I recently started it, but it's just such a beautiful, well-written book. It's uh, um, set in uh, the UK, and it's the story of this witch who, um, you know what, it's, I'm I'm not gonna like I, I don't know what is a spoiler and what isn't but like you know it's it's a witchy it's a witchy story so like as we go in the um as we go in the fall season I think it's like a really good uh read for like you know back to school um and uh yeah so far it's just beautiful um and uh yeah I recently well not super recently, but like I literally am gonna get an opportunity to recommend this book <laughs> whenever I can. Uh, my favorite book that I read this year, I finished like a month ago or so, was Pride and Protest by Nikki Payne, uh, which is a Pride and Prejudice retelling that's going to be out in uh, November. And it's just like what my dreams are made of because it's like a modern day Pride and Prejudice retelling. I love the 
her take on Darcy. I loved her take on Lizzie, um, who is Lisa in this adaptation. I loved her take on the secondary characters. I loved the way she built conflicts uh, between the characters. I'm just obsessed with that book. Uh, I, I read it twice already and I'm just, I cannot wait for everyone to like get to read this masterpiece, honestly. Amazing. So yeah, out in November, everybody mark your calendars or pre-order now, you know, we all know pre-order and then it just shows up when it's time. Yes, you have to exactly. Pay attention to the calendar. Yeah. Um, how can our listeners find you? Um, honestly, these days, um, I'm just really on Instagram and, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. And my Instagram is just my author, like Ali Hazelwood. That's it. Yeah. Great. Easy peasy. You don't have like a newsletter or anything like that? I do have or... a newsletter. Uh, I think it's on my website. I think, uh, I put okay. it like on literally every page of my website <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't know where to put it. So, um yeah um I I mostly like just send it out when I have like releases or something like that but yeah um yeah I, there's it's there <laughs> so if you want to stay up to date then they can just yeah. sign up on your website for that and then yeah. they'll get it you know pure when there's something to be said which you know I think there's something nice about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean I wish I was more regular with that but I have to say that my executive functioning is not <laughs> it's not there yet <laughs> all right everybody well thanks so much Allie, for joining us this was like such a joy if you ever want to come back we would love to have you we'll have clayton on as well yeah thank you so much Thank you for listening to Books Connect Us. For more great book recommendations and information about your favorite authors, feel free to follow Penguin Random House on social media or visit penguinrandomhouse.com. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps more listeners to find our show. This podcast is produced by Pat Stango and edited by Clayton Gumbert. I've been Aaron Leaf. And until next time, this has been Books Connect Us. Books Connect Us.